Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Oi with a Tear Already. I'm one of your hosts, Danielle. And I'm your other host, Sandra. Uh, so Sandra and I were like doing small talk stuff, and I was like, I'm going to say the same exact stuff I just said to you right now. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Sandra. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Um, we were just talking about stuff going on, and then I was like, well, this is going to be my Oi of the Week. Okay, should I just get into it? <laughs> yeah, just get. We've already done the intro, so I would just get into it. So I have two. Okay. Which it's. I feel like I keep saying them over and over again, but whatever. It's like the main things happening in my life right now. Um, well, the first one I'll go with is the dishwasher. <sighs> the dishwasher saga. I knew this was gonna be one of them because you texted me. I know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Now when I have dishwasher updates, Sandra's the first to know. Um, <laughs> I'm so invested. So I think when we left off in the last episode with my oh, dishwasher saga, I think it was supposed to arrive on the Wednesday or Thursday of last week, something like that. Yep. Or I don't even I don't remember anymore. <laughs> um, last week. It was supposed to arrive some point yeah, last week. We, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then we get a message saying that apparently they, wait, hold on. Now I want to double check because I'm like, did I already say this? Hold on to make sure. Okay. Maybe I should just read the text. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So I texted Sandra Wednesday the 16th. There's more dishwasher drama. Oh no. What happened? Said Sandra. I said, it sounds like installation. The installation side of Lowe's never got a permit to install the dishwasher. So the woman Dave spoke with on the phone said it will maybe be another week before we can get the dishwasher. This is insane. Sandra said, WTF. And then I said, but then they also said the permit office is backed up. So maybe more than a week. <laughs> so yes, that's what happened last week. And then Dave heard back later and whatever, long story shortish. Now it should be arriving Thursday of this, this week. Thursday? Yes. Keeping so. my fingers and toes crossed. Yeah, so then it's like so confusing. This is like the thing with any with bigger companies. Like Dave got told by this one woman, oh yeah, you won't have it for more than a week because of permit stuff getting backed up. So then he got a call from the person from like the Lowe's near us that we've been speaking with the whole time. And that guy's like, oh, no, it won't take that long to get the permit. You should be able to get it next week. So like, what is happening? It's so confusing. Um, like, why am I being told two different things by two people that work for the same company, basically? Like, Because someone's getting their wires crossed. Right. And so Dave should be getting another call from them tomorrow to tell us specifically, like, the time window they'll be here. Because initially, the third or second time we thought it was going to be delivered, they are like, oh, yeah, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And I was like, what? Yep. But I guess there is a more actual, like, smaller time window that they'll tell us. So that's good. Yeah, but, it's usually like 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then right. they call and they're like, okay, now we're not getting like 11 to <laughs> 2. 59 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> it's never early, I feel like. No. Like, I think it was like that when we got our 
bed delivered or something. And yeah, I think it was like the middle or later half. I but, think yeah. the only time I've ever had something delivered early was when I ordered my couch and I picked like a morning time thinking mm. like, oh, like I think I picked between like eight and 11 and I'm like, oh, they'll probably be here around like 10. So I'm just like meandering around, like yeah. getting ready for work. And then I get the text and they're like, we'll be there in 15 minutes. And I was like, it's 8.15. Why are you going to be here at 8.30? That's good that they gave you a heads up, though. Yeah. Instead of just, like, good. hearing a knocking or, like, whatever, your doorbell. Yeah, or a call. Yeah, right. they're pretty good. They're like, we're 15, 20 minutes right. away. Okay, cool. I'm going to run around a little bit to make sure that, like, you can actually get the couch into this apartment. Mm. Yeah, that'll be interesting. With They probably shouldn't have an issue with the dishwasher. No, mm. I think you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Also, Dave won't be here, but I will, so that'll be interesting. <laughs> well, you're not installing it, so... Right, I know. I'm like, <laughs> hopefully it works. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'll have to test that bad boy out, like, Thursday yeah, night. Yeah, like, immediately, yeah. Gonna just, like, smear dirt on all the dishes and throw it in there and see what happens. Make sure it doesn't leak and it works and... Yep. But... So yes, it better be this week or we'll get another discount from Lowe's. I don't know. Um, oh yeah, that was another thing. They apparently had did not have it in the system that there was supposed to be an additional installation cost or something. Or there was like some piece of equipment that they didn't put down that we did need or we do need. So they had to update that. So then the guy from Lowe's was talking to Dave. He's like, oh, yeah, there's also this additional cost. But because of all the issues, we'll give you a discount. So it's like, okay, fine. So it's like some part they didn't put in that we need, but they whatever. So we have, need to get it anyway. But like, sorry for all the issues. Now pay us more money. <laughs> but it's fine. Jeez. Yeah, maybe that will be my, I don't know, that was longer than I thought it was going to be, so maybe I'll just have one. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I mean, mine's pretty short. Uh, I guess I could quickly do the wedding photographer. But you finally got your photos and your video, so yay. Yay. <laughs> I was getting super stressed. Like, I... I initially texted her early February, no response, which is normal for her. So I wasn't alarmed. I gave her like week, week and a half, texted again, still no response, slightly worrying, emailed her, no response. Okay, more worrying. So then I actually call her, no response. Well, I left her a voicemail. She texts me a few hours later and is like, oh, hi, I'm at a wedding. Sorry, I missed your call. Didn't say anything about the texts or email. And but I basically, I said to I asked her in the voicemail, like, what's happening? It's been, like, I looked up typical amount of time it takes for you to get wedding photos back. And the results mainly that I got were actually, like, for COVID because mm -hmm. it's, like, longer than pre-COVID. So it was like three, four months. And at this point, it's basically more than four months. So then I, I was like, by the way, I think this is taking longer than it should be, even with COVID. So I mentioned all that in the message. So in her text message, she says, 
oh hi at a wedding blah 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 yeah the weddings are done i just need to upload them like, <laughs> why can you have said this in any of the texts or the email yeah. like it's, it's so weird so then i'm just like uh, okay cool now so then she's like oh yeah i sent you guys an email with the photos she never sent us an email so then I'm just like, okay, Dave, I'm done. You go. I literally, I'm like, I can't talk to her anymore. I'm tapped so out. I for yeah. So, yeah. So I was like, I can't do this. So then Dave started texting and was like, please send it to these emails. And then like gave, like sent her up. Yeah. So then, so she responded, okay, I will resend the photos. Like, she was, like, so sure that she sent them the first time that she had to say that. Whatever. I'm sure she didn't mess you guys up with another couple. That's what I was... I mean, I, like... Because she's not responding. I'm just, like, having to guess, like, what is actually happening. So, like, either she forgot to edit, but there's no way she could have edited it in, like, a day or an hour... So, like, maybe she just, like, edits the photos and the time she does it, but then, for whatever reason, doesn't actually send them until the couple reaches out was one of my theories. But, like, I don't know how that would make sense. Or, yeah, like, her saying, like, oh, yeah, I sent it to you guys, but she actually emailed it to someone else. I don't know. Maybe that happened? Like, whatever. So then we... we Finally got the wedding photos, so yay. yay! Just like if I knew she was gonna be like this, maybe I would not have gone with her. Like mm-hmm. it's the most stress with like any vendor that I've like dealt with with a wedding. So <sighs> yeah, but your wedding was really great. So I mean, her weddings, <laughs> her photos came out good. Yeah. So like. It's like, okay, wedding photos over her not being good at communicating. Fine. That beats it. So, whatever. <laughs> oh, also for wedding tip things for anyone, Dave and I are now telling everyone this. To make sure you specify in your photo contract the length of time you should get the photos back. Because apparently that is a thing, but is not a thing in our contract. We didn't think we needed to state it, but it seems like it is a common thing. So if the photographer like is super late, you can at least be like, it says it in the contract. So what's happening? Mm-hmm. We never had that. So I would definitely recommend adding that. Yeah, that's a good so, tip. Yep. Okay, now I'm done. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess. I don't know, because I have, like, two really quick ones. So I guess, like, my OI of the week was I started my new job today, which is, like, a yay, but also, like, I started a new job. So I somehow, like, on my way to my new job, because it's in office now five days a week, which I'm actually excited about. Hmm. Um, I got kind of turned around, and I walked fine back to the tea after work, and I still don't know how I got turned around. So that was fun. So, yes, that's one oi. And then the other oi is they are raising my rent. Yay. Mm. For next year. But hmm. it's cheaper than me having to look for a place that's, like, the same price and then paying to move. Okay. That's good. So, I'll be in this place for another year, which I'm actually kind of excited about. And then Yay. I don't have to move. 
which I'm super excited because I hate, I hate moving. Yeah, you just, how long have you been at your current place for? Not even a year. I only moved here and back in July. I haven't even been there yet. You haven't, yeah, no, you've only, you've seen it virtually, but you haven't like seen it. Maybe in April. Yeah, maybe, or March. Yeah, maybe. But maybe not. Maybe April. Maybe May. I don't know. I'll be here another year. So like you and Dave right. got time. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm just annoyed because I got this apartment on a really good deal. And now it's like that was the original price that they were asking. What the hell? Hmm. So, but it is actually a pretty good, it is still kind of like a steal. So. Okay. And it's not getting raised until September, so I still got time. But Oh, okay. That's good. It's also like just weird how every management company does it because like my last management company had everything online. And this one is just like fill out this piece of paper and then scan it to us and let us know if you want to renew. Hmm. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Fancy. So, yeah, it's just like I never know what they're going to do. So they're always – the management company is always keeping me on my toes. <laughs> So yeah, that's my... It sounds like it has its advantages, though. Like, I lived in small apartments, and it definitely would have benefited from having an actual, like, hotline or whatever, or, like, someone that was available more often. Yeah, they have 24-hour, like, maintenance. Um, Yeah. Knock on wood, I have not had to use it for this particular apartment. But I've definitely had to call them on the weekends to be like, hi, like, this is an issue. Can you, like, just come and take a look at this? And it's definitely nice, like, if something does break, I can just call them and they come. Like, they have, like, pesticides people that come Mm -hmm. every couple months and spray, which is nice. And so, yeah, there is definitely a benefit to renting, Mm -hmm. at least for now. But who knows? Maybe next year I'll just up and move. I don't know. I've been itching to, like, move out of Mass. So we will see. Mm. but yeah so yeah that was my always of the week mm-hmm. guess I could get started yes so all I know is that it takes place in 1960 because yes that's all you told me <laughs> so it's kind of an interesting it takes the crime takes place in the 60s mm-hmm. but there was a major update recently earlier this year okay and i that's how i found out about this i got a notification from like a few different news sources on my phone about it i was like oh that's interesting so it basically was considered a cold case Mm -hmm. and it has been uh, it was unsolved it was it took place in 1964 but they found out who the killer was based on like DNA technology things and the help of a 20-year-old genealogy expert. Like 20 years old today? Yep. (laughs) He's like a college student. I think he's a history student. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if you meant like 20 years old, like he was 20 years old when the murder took place or years old today. It's been a long day. My brain is tired. So this is, uh, da, da, da. oh yeah, so there was like a big press conference and I think that's where most of the information came from. Um, so the pol- it took place in Pennsylvania and I guess the Pennsylvania State Police was founded in 1905. 
So technically, this case was investigated for over half of their existence, which I think they said in the press conference. That's crazy. Yeah. It was close to six decades ago when Maurice Chivarella's body was left in a hole in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. She was nine years old. Maurice was seen... Last seen alive around 8, 10 a.m. on March 18, 1964, when she was walking to school holding canned goods that she was going to give uh, her teacher, who was a nun at St. Joseph's Parochial School. Maurice was in a rush to get to morning mass on time, and it was after 1 p.m. that her body was found in a coal refuse pit. Investigators found that she was sexually assaulted, murdered, and left in the hole with her belongings. Uh, Maurice was described by her family as being sweet and quiet. She had aspirations to become a nun and enjoyed playing the organ. Maurice's sister said during a news conference that we have so many memories of precious memories of Maurice. At the same time, our family will always feel the emptiness and sorrow of her absence. Consequently, we will continue to ask ourselves what could have been or what would have been. The case went cold until 2007, when Pennsylvania's DNA lab could establish the suspect's DNA profile using fluid that was left on Maurice's jacket. Police believe this could be the break in the case they needed, but the DNA did not result in any matches in their database. Police actually ran the DNA every month to check for potential matches with criminals, but didn't come up with anything. Then in 2009, Parabon Nanolabs uploaded a DNA profile to GED Match, a genealogical database. So this is how they discovered the killer was James Paul Forte, who was 22 when he killed her. He actually lived six or seven blocks from uh, her family, but police were unable to find any other connection between the two of them. And he was actually 38 when he died of natural causes, presumably from a heart attack while at the bar he was employed at in 1980. He was still living in Hazleton, a town which was formerly known for coal mining. It is located 100 miles northwest of Philadelphia. Authorities found information about James and other crimes he committed. In 1974, he pleaded guilty to aggravated sexual assault and was sentenced to a year of probation. He was then found to have sexually assaulted a woman in 1974 in a a coal mining area. In a recent interview... The woman told police that she was close to being killed, but a person was nearby and saw what was happening and intervened. In 1978, James was charged with recklessly endangering another person and harassment, but police did not have any further details on this. With the help of DNA testing and research by teenage genealogist Eric Schubert, the police were able to determine James was the killer. Apparently, Eric had aided in other cold cases, and when trying to decide what his next case would be, he found out about Maurice's story. In 2020, he approached the police and offered to help. 
He's currently studying history at Elizabethtown College in Pennsylvania. So in 2019, a DNA match was found by Paraben Nanolabs. They are a, D- a DNA technology company, and they helped the police upload a DNA profile. Um, so that led to a match with a distant relative of the suspect. After that, Eric was able to build out a family tree to find more relatives. This led to four potential suspects. On January 6th, James's body was exhumed to get a DNA sample, and on February 3rd, the test results confirmed to be a positive match. At a news conference earlier this year, Maurice's siblings thanked investigators who remained in contact with them since 1964. Ronald Chivarella, the eldest brother, said that his mother always said grace before meals on Sundays and holidays and would always mention the cold case. She always ended with a prayer asking for the Pennsylvania State Police to find the man who hurt her daughter. Years later, Ronald reported his mother telling all the siblings that she forgave the man who killed Maurice. And then he went on to recall moments where the family would play the organ together. Carmen, Marissa's sister, said that her family would often keep in mind two Bible passages when they would think on the ca- back on the case, including Romans twelve nineteen, which urges people to leave revenge to God, and Matthew eighteen six, addressed to those who harm children. Quote, but anyone who is an obstacle to bring down one of these little ones would be better thrown into the sea with a great millstone around his neck. End quote. Wow. It's so crazy how so many of these cold cases are getting solved just Mm -hmm. because of DNA. Yeah, we've mentioned this before in the other episodes, but it's, I honestly didn't know that that would happen as much i thought that after a while certain dna like i don't know you can't use it maybe or Mm -hmm. but yeah i guess there maybe with more advancements maybe it'll be easier to use different kinds of dna or something yeah Mm -hmm. crazy so i thought that was interesting like this cold case that it sounds like the investigators never gave up on because mm-hmm. I guess they did always remain in contact with the family at least. Yeah. But I feel like there are so many other cold cases where it's kind of like basically decided there's no way to solve it. I think a lot of it depends on when the crime happened and just like the attitude of the, at mm-hmm. the time, the like police handling it. And I think also it might even have something as like, small to do is like did it happen in like a small town everybody's really close and like yeah this doesn't happen and we need to solve it or is this like oh big city yeah these crimes happen all the time they're just Mm. another number but i do think it's good that the family did get closure yeah because i think that's really important even though like unfortunately what happened to her like at least the family has closure right and they know who did it I liked the Bible passage about basically getting vengeance. Yeah. Just being like, no, nah, I'm just going to leave that up to up to God. See what happens. Which, I mean, I think that, like, if I knew somebody that was brutally murdered, I don't know if I could be like that. No. I feel like I would want to, like, find out who it was. And Especially, like, like, the mother. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can be like that good. Mm. Or I guess I'm just not that like religious. Mm. I feel like it would just be hard. No. If you're able to have that attitude, then good. If you're a better person than I am, basically. Mm-hmm. So, mm. no, it was an interesting case. That's not the direction I thought it was going to go. So, <laughs> but it never is with the ones that you choose. <laughs> I try to change it up a lot. You do. You keep me on my toes. Nebraska yeah I was like I don't know (laughs) because I don't so this is one that I found on a rant again random website literally yesterday afternoon and I was like shoot I need to get this podcast story together like I've put it off for too long like I need to get them done yeah I just went on this random website and then I saw it and I was like I know this story like how do I know this story Hmm. so I know it probably because I've seen it on like other websites looking for stories but like I also feel like it's more of a well-known one so I'm gonna let you all be the judge of that so the story that I picked is does take place in Nebraska and it's called the seven sisters road Hmm. don't know if that sounds familiar to you or not nope okay it didn't at first to me either, and then I started reading about it, and I was like, I know this, probably because I watched it on some Ghost Hunters show, but I couldn't find it on, like, the normal ones that I used to watch, so I don't know. But um, basically, so located in southeast Nebraska in Oto, I think it's pronounced correctly, Oto, O-T-O-E, County, there is an old path that is known locally as the Seven Sisters Road, and according to a local legend, seven women were murdered here in the 1900s. So this is more of a grisly urban legend, um, which has been circulating for apparently more than a century. And there are two versions of it. So in one version, it talks about there was a young man who once lived along like this road in that area. It was known to have, and it's called seven sisters it's basically it's known to have like seven hills so it was right they lived on a farm southeast of nebraska city and he lived with his parents and his seven sisters according to the tale after having an argument with his family he got extremely angry so that night he decided to hide out in the woods as his parents left the house for one evening and then one by one he either enticed or he forced depending on who you talk to each one of his sisters outside with him, and the young man then led them to the top of each hill and hanged them one by one from a tree until they were all dead. Um, afterwards, no one really knows what happened to the bodies or to the brother. There have been no official reports that have been found to basically back up the hangings, but that legend is still around. So in another version of the legend, it's not a brother that hangs his sisters, it's a disgruntled father that hangs seven of his daughters. So it's creepy, super creepy. Again, depends on who you talk to. Like I said, some say it's a brother, some say it's a father, but there have been no actual records to support any of this. It's just local lore. Um, so 
Seven Sisters Road was built through the hills years after the rumored murders and the hanging hanging trees were chopped down. The hills themselves have also been altered over the years, and so there's actually only four of the hills that remain prominent today and not seven. Apparently, since that fateful evening, some would say not so long ago, some would say very long ago, um, this area is said to be haunted by the woman's restless spirits. So there have been many tales that have been told over the years that include hearing sounds of terrified women screaming for help. Others have heard bells ringing that seem to come from a nearby private cemetery. Many who have driven through the area have reported having problems with their cars stalling, their headlights mysteriously dimming, speedometers freezing, and the windows that roll up and down seemingly on their own. There have others have reported um, seeing shadowy figures in the darkness. They see red eyes that appear to be watching them. They hear voices and muffled whispers and they experience sudden wind changes. There have been paranormal groups that, and individuals that have continued to explore this creepy road, and they do continue to constantly report this strange activity. Today, it's about five miles southeast of Nebraska City, Nebraska, and the, one of the main reasons why it's so creepy is that there's, like, no shortage of creepy road where creepy things happen, but, like, this particular road is very unsettling, and the legend, as mm. you said, is very creepy. And again, they don't really know where it comes from, if it just comes from a story, because there's no evidence to actually back it up. Um, other people have reported saying that one of the quotes that I found from one of the articles says that it was clear as day as if it were you and me standing right here. Uh, there were seven bodies, males and females, all mixed. The only one captured my attention was a little boy who was blonde, and he was just about seven years old. Um, that's obviously very different than seeing, like, a young woman um, or hearing voices. And the fact that it's saying that she saw, like, a little boy maybe means that it wasn't just seven sisters. Like, there could have also been a boy involved as well. This person also claimed that they felt phantom boy, like, a phantom boy's chilly grip uh, wrap around her wrists and pull her towards a weathered gravestone bearing no inscription. The boy introduced himself as Matthew, and I guess, like, they chatted a bit before parting ways, so she felt comfortable enough, to, so this person felt comfortable enough to do that. There have been many reports of seeing a creature with glowing red eyes shining like rubies that slowly walked towards you um, as if it were a wolf stalking its prey. And I guess, like, this beast has been seen a couple of times. So, again, it's not just about, like, the seven girls. There's obviously other stuff going on with this hill or with this area. Over the years, there have been many bone-chilling accounts coming from those who have visited the site of uh, the site of near the Seven Sisters Road. And somebody even said, like, if you're brave or foolish enough to jog the, around the backcountry road at night and end up near the spot, because apparently there's one particular spot that's really creepy or creepier than the rest, you may hear like a blood curling scream, as many have claimed to. They're allegedly piercing and seem to be, like be nearby, but just kind of out of reach. And the most commonly told, I guess, backstory of the paranormal phenomenon be begins with, like I said, with the brother, there's the father, and I guess there's also another version that's actually a farmer, which would make a lot of sense mm -hmm. considering the time that this supposedly happened and that it was like a very... Des not desolate area, but very removed from everybody else. So it would make sense for mm -hmm. farmers to be out there. Um, like I said, he may have also been the one to kill all of his seven daughters. Besides the screams, visitors will speak about electronic glitches, 
in the area, such as their headlights going dim, their cell phone service dropping, speedometers freezing. Some have even reported having their GPS like go crazy. The winds are also said to be like, I'm going to pronounce this word incorrectly, capricious. Others have seen capricious. Thank you. Capricious. And then more reports of just like the haunting eyes and just hearing like someone having heard like ringing of mysterious bells. Um, That also seems to be another common one. I guess there's like a cemetery nearby. So people keep hearing like the bells, which just makes me wonder of like, you know, back when they used to bury people and like they used to put a bell in the coffin in case they accidentally buried somebody alive and that person was supposed to ring the bell. And then you had to have the person Mm -hmm. like a live person listening for the bell to be like oh shoot classic old new england yeah just to be like oh shoot like we buried somebody that wasn't dead we need to dig them up before they actually die so that's like my thing of like were these people just like buried alive and that's why you hear like bells like that's what i think of when i which is really creepy but also just the fact that this is a story i've definitely heard before but i've heard it from like the father i didn't know about the brother So I think it's kind of interesting how it's, like, changed. But that we... Where did this happen again? So this happened back in, like, the 1900s. And, oh, what state? Nebraska. Oh, yeah, okay. Like, the farm country also makes sense because it's Nebraska. But, like, I don't know. And just the other weird stuff that people see, like, the little boy and the beast with, like, red eyes. It's like, okay, clearly something is happening on this road. I don't know what, but good luck to whoever decides to go and visit. And if you do, it's like all the classic scary yeah, stories. Seriously, I'm reading this and I'm like, this just looks like something out of like the shows we used to watch as yeah. kids, like Goosebumps or. I was going to say Goosebumps. <laughs> Are you afraid of the dark? I think there definitely was a book with like a beast with red eyes. I'm sure there was. On the cover. I think I actually remember that. I didn't really like Goosebumps. It always scared me. I liked it a little bit, but they were very mm-hmm. short. They were like novellas. Yeah. I remember my sister would, like, get a few, and my mom would just be like, I'm not paying for those. So my sister would just go in a corner like, Barnes & Noble and just read. Yeah, that's why, like, it didn't seem worth it to buy because, like, there were always – there were, like, so many of them. And then I definitely did own some, but I feel like I got some from, like, the library yeah. too, I think. I think my sister got a lot from the library. My mom used to also, like yeah. – if she bought a book and my sister finished it within, like, three days, she would just return it and be like, my friend's – already bought this book for my daughter I just need to return it here's the receipt my Mm. sister's such a speed reader and she still is so have you ever seen the ones where like it's like a choose your own activity or whatever choose Choose your your adventure adventure yeah Yeah. they had a few like that that were entertaining the joys of childhood (laughs) goosebumps and are you afraid of the dark Go back to the first page to see what the other options would have been <laughs> and then go to the next one. Just go back and just be like, I'm going to choose a different adventure yeah. this time to see if the end is the same. And then that's how you say you spent your weekend when you go back to school on Monday. Yeah, and everyone's just like, lucky you. All right, everyone. Thank you again for joining us for another fun episode of Oi with the Terror already. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on our Instagram page, which is Oi with the Terror already. Is it podcast or is it just Oi with the Terror already? I think it's just Oi with the Terror already. Right, the Facebook is podcast. Yeah. And then you can find us on Facebook at Oi with the Terror already podcast. 
If you have spooky stories that either you yourself have experienced or friends, you can email us. Our email address is already at gmail.com. We drop a new episode every Thursday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, basically anywhere you can find podcasts. And I, we will see you all next week. Bye.